is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Have you ever wondered what God has to say about food? With endless numbers of books on the subject of food and health and nutrition, how do you discern truth from error? And have you ever wondered why, despite the ever-increasing knowledge about our diets and nutrition and medicine being available right at our fingertips, good health is the exception rather than the norm? Wisdom, not just knowledge or information, is what the Bible tells us to seek. And there is much time-tested practical information throughout the Bible pertaining to all areas of health and wellness that when we understand it and apply it properly, it can greatly enhance the quality of our lives. So, today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking about some of those things, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And I want to uh, inform you about two things that could be of immense help to you before our guest joins us here on the program today. And here they are. The first is the second most popular spice in the United States after black pepper. Now, what do you think that would be, my friends out there? Well, it happens to be cinnamon. And believe it or not, cinnamon is mentioned in the Bible. It is. In fact, it's one of the ingredients of the holy anointing oil that God himself prescribed, along with myrrh and aloes. Mm -mm -mm, It is. And cinnamon is one of the best healing agents out there. So I want to share with you some thoughts concerning cinnamon. In ancient China, cinnamon was widely used for treating multiple diseases. In fact, recent studies, though, have found that cinnamon has anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antioxidant, and anti-tumor effects, and it reduces the risk of diabetes and Alzheimer's disease. It's been used worldwide for thousands of years. It was documented even in the Bible, as as I indicated, and ancient books of Egypt and China. Several scientific studies recently have found that cinnamon has anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antioxidant, and anti-tumor effects. It regulates blood glucose, reduces cholesterol, balances the immune system, and benefits the cardiovascular system. And the study also pointed out that cinnamon can reduce the risk of diabetes and Alzheimer's disease. Now, I would think that anybody over 50 would be very interested in that. Alzheimer's, as to the as to the mind and brain, is like cancer is to the rest of the body. It's greatly feared. A doctor says that cinnamon has six scientifically proven effects, and here they are. It promotes metabolism. It lowers blood lipids and fights diabetes. It inhibits bacterial growth. It is an anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, and has anti-tumor effects. It improves the digestive system. It is a potential to treat dementia and Parkinson's disease. 
can reduce the abnormal uh, protein aggregation and nerve fiber formation in the brain, thus achieving the goal of preventing Alzheimer's disease. And it's a powder that you can use in just about anything. Cinnamon is also a natural blood thinner. So if you have, if you're on blood thinners, you might want to be a little careful about using too much of it. But there's something wonderful. And God has a lot of other wonderful things in his word. He created food, friends, and he created it to bless us that we might be a blessing. Unfortunately, humankind has a way of perverting everything that God makes good. Have you noticed that? And we want to be God even with regard to food. We want to control it. We want to manipulate it. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking with Amanda Powell. This is the third time she's joined us here on Viewpoint today because she has so much wisdom and insight concerning the matter of food and is prepared, has prepared herself to be a blessing to God's people with regard to the issue of food. Her book is called Food in the Bible. What does God have to say about food? But today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at another aspect of food, preparing for even potential famine, government consolidation and control of food, genetic manipulation of food, and how to keep our hope in the midst of all of these things that are troubling even our food supply. Amanda, it's good to have you back on the program. Thank you so much, Chuck. It's great to be here. Well, and by you, the way, I made cinnamon tea this morning. Did you really? Well, I did. Talk about uh, uniform inspiration. <laughs> yes. One thing that you, I love that list that you gave. One thing that you didn't mention is it's the highest source of chromium, which regulates, well, you did say it regulates blood glucose levels. Yeah. So it, it, that's one of the mechanisms by which it helps all of those conditions. And God told it and told his people to use it. So that's pretty cool. You know, I want to be real frank about this and give a personal testimony. I discovered that cinnamon is so important uh, that four times a week I take cinnamon, a cinnamon tablet. Four times a week to make sure I get enough cinnamon. And the reason I do that is because I discovered that as you age, you can begin to lose sensitivity in your extremities, like down in your toes. You begin to have different problems like that. And I began to feel some of that. And so I heard that cinnamon might remedy that problem. You know what I've discovered? It It went away immediately, and there's never been another incidence of that, and it's been years. Praise the Lord. Food was intended to be our medicine. Well, indeed, apparently it is. We're told that we are what we eat. Uh, We are what we think, too. Uh, So (laughs) the ideas that we take into our bodies affect our spiritual life, our mental life. But uh, also the food makes it possible for us to think straight, for us to uh, endure and to not only be healthy ourselves, to be a, but to be a blessing, doesn't it? That's right. And that was the motivation for uh, writing my book, is 
God teaching me uh, what I needed to do for my health with the food that he created. And uh, so that's my testimony, and that's why I'm here on the radio today. Well, you've given a great deal of time and attention to it, and uh, your book is written in such a unique fashion. Uh, I remember the first time that I looked at it when uh, you and I were going to be on the air. Uh, This was several months ago now, and uh, it really caught my attention because of the way that you have written this book. And uh, you write with a sense of authority, but also with uh, a real sense of, of biblical uh, concern, accuracy, and a desire to see God's people prosper. And uh, you don't write like a doctor. You write like someone who really has the passion of the Lord for our food. So we'll be right back with Amanda in just a moment, friends. Stay tuned. You're listening to Viewpoint, and your viewpoint to go to Sood discerns destiny. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the fourth commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. An African nation, I believe it was Sri Lanka, decided to go along with the uh, World uh, Economic Forum and all of the recommendations of the uh, hyper-liberal, woke government officials and to change the way their economy was functioning with regard to food and with regard to raising food. The net result of it all, friend, has been nothing short of disaster, a collapse of their economy and near famine. How could such a thing be when humankind thought gave the idea that we could be better than God and tell people exactly how to raise food that they had been doing now for hundreds and thousands of years? We see that just because man has his ideas doesn't mean they're good ideas and they can have disastrous consequences. Our special guest today, Amanda Powell, with her book, Food in the Bible, also talking about uh, some of the things that are taking place in our world with regard to food. And Amanda, this goes to show you that when government begins to consolidate and control food, uh, watch out. Yes, absolutely, Chuck. The enemy is trying to kill us with our food. And he's using um, ignorant and evil men to do that. There's a proverb, Proverbs 13, 23, that says, Abundant food is in the fallow ground of the poor, but it is swept away by injustice. And Wait a minute. Is, you need to repeat that. Abundant food is in the fallow ground of the poor, uh-huh. but it is swept away by injustice. So Sri Lankans had the ability to grow food and to prosper there, but that was destroyed by the injustice of government sweeping in. Absolutely. And you also mentioned, you know, they've been doing it for so many years without that intervention. Jeremiah 6.16 says, Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths. 
mm-hmm. where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So there's so many newfangled inventions, and I'll call them witty inventions. Of course, Proverb 8.12 says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Half the time that's translated as wicked, mischievous devices or plots. Mm. So we need to have the wisdom to discern now than ever with the knowledge and the information that's being directed at us to discern what is a mischievous invention so we can avoid some of these calamities that result. Well, a lot of people here in the Western world, America, would think, you know, we're eating pretty good. Uh, Why do I have to be concerned about yet another one of these uh, threats uh, that seem to be coming upon us? How about just letting me eat and let live? Well, that's fine until the food runs out, <laughs> right? So, um, right. Matthew, Matthew 24, 7, Jesus warns us, and it's a certainty. It's not a if or potential, but he says in various places there will be famine. Um, and, and that's right there in the, his end-time discourse. Yep, Matthew 24, that's right. That's right. And in the same chapter... He gave us a prophetic riddle. He said in verse 45, Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. And that term, faithful and sensible slave, refers to Joseph. Joseph was a slave. He was faithful in all of Pharaoh's house, Mm -hmm. and he foresaw the seven years of famine that were coming. He warned the leadership, and he made a plan to store resources to save all of Egypt during the famine. So are you suggesting then that uh, followers of Christ should be uh, setting up uh, major storehouses uh, for, for food? Well, I would suggest that People pray to ask the Lord, would you have me do that? But at the very least, they would think ahead on how they can prepare their own household Mm -hmm. so that if emergency comes, which even if famine doesn't come, there's been increase in natural disasters. Any event could cause the grocery store shelves to not get their distribution on time or whatever well we know how that can happen when we looked at what happened with the uh, shutdown of transportation during covid that's right shelves emptied in two days that's right you know so we never know um what could happen and uh you know it says in the scripture that the prudent man sees evil and hides himself but the naive proceed and are destroyed so we don't want to be the naive being or the simple are just, you know, being kind of uh, ignorant, not not choosing to investigate these things or to prepare, mm-hmm. like we're told to observe the ant that gathers um, in hot, prepared for winter months. So we really uh, should heed these instructions and in the scripture to protect ourselves and our family. All right. Somebody might say, though, Amanda, uh, you're just engendering fear. Uh, I don't want to walk in fear. I want to walk in faith, and I want to have peace. 
So I'm, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to think about those things. Uh, I'm just going to trust the Lord. How do you respond? I would say go and read Proverbs 1, the whole chapter. It says, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, uh, therefore they will eat the fruit of their own way um, and how on, and be filled to the full with all their fancies. However, those who listen to me, wisdom in the Proverbs, mm-hmm. will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Somebody, uh, I, I would say most people, when I hear them respond uh, to this kind of thing about uh, perhaps setting up a reserve of food and so on, they will inevitably say, yeah, and I want to make it available. I want to get that all together so that I can uh, spread it around and provide uh, for everyone else around that is in need. The problem with that is that it's missing the first point, and that is if you fly in an airplane, uh, the very first thing they tell you is don't put the mask on yourself first. Put it on your children first. Put the uh, the air on your children first, not on yourself. So, in other words, you go first to your family then when all of that's taken care of and you have abundance, then you go to others. And that's how it we're instructed to um, in the scripture that we're supposed to abound that we have to share. That means we're supposed to have our needs met so that we can share. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we also are, you know, we're instructed to work so that we can do that. So, um, you're exactly right. All right. Now, <clears throat> we've talked about government consolidation and control, but we haven't been specific about that. We gave allusion to what uh, has been taking place in Sri Lanka, but how is government uh, seeking to consolidate and control food? I mean, we, we hear about how China has bought up about 5 million acres of American farmland. We've heard about how Bill Gates is the largest uh uh, ranch or farm owner in the world or in the country, uh, why are they doing this? Yes, um, because they know what's ahead. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, you're right. Bill Gates made the headlines in 2020 for becoming the largest private farmland owner in the U.S. He has more than 269,000 acres that he purchased, uh, shielded his purchase by buying through shell companies. So, um that same year, he announced that he was creating a nonprofit entity called Ag One to speed up efforts to provide farmers in developing countries with access to tools and innovation to improve crop productivity and adapt to climate change. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds real nice. Yeah. However, the reality is that only profits big agrochemical companies, not poor farmers. It's not needed. What he's doing and what he's uh, proposing to provide as superior is not needed because small produce 80% of the global food while using just 25% of the land designated for agriculture. It's not needed what he's doing. Mm. But why is he doing it then? Is it about control? And control. It's about Mm -hmm. control. And you know, we're, we're warned in revelation that, uh, the, it says in Revelation 18.23 that for in Mystery Babylon, 
for your merchants were the great men of the earth. That, that merchants would be like billionaires mm-hmm. in our modern language. For by their sorcery or your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. So there's um, an attempt. And by the way, that word sorcery is the word pharmakia, which is the first definition is medicine. So if you control the food, you also control the medicine, the real medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you can control the people. And I think Henry Kissinger said that, you know, control the food, control the people. Mm-hmm. So um, he also, uh, Bill Gates also, um, launched a project in 2015 to map the genetic data of peasant seeds held in gene banks to create patents on them and through genetic or genomic mapping. And that's, there's a term now, it's like a new crime, it's biopiracy. <laughs> and it's, um, it's sort of like a recolonization of agriculture. So, you know, all of this consolidation of the seed market is what these big uh, merchants are going after. And it, what it's doing is uh, playing right into the uh, uh, the globalization of the world, the one world government, uh, because all of the proceeds, the uh, the source of food, has to be in control of that mega government organization called the Great Reset or the New World Order. That's right. Um, You know, there were, in uh, 2008, were six major corporations that owned 60% of the global seed supply. Wow. Now, Now, there's four firms. So there's mergers that have been taking place. Bayer is one of them, BASF, Corteva, which is the merger of Dow and DuPont, mm-hmm. and ChemChina. These four firms control more than 60% of global proprietary seed sales. And um, this, is, this is extremely dangerous. Um, you know, it's probably because of weak antitrust law enforcement that's allowed just a handful of these firms to amass enormous market, economic, and political power. Um and it doesn't just stop there with the seeds. I mean, the seeds is the, the, the source. And, and if you think about this, you know, the gift that God gave to man, he said it was for the service of man. I mean, he created Adam, tend and dress, dress and keep the garden. Mm-hmm. So the very thing that he appointed man to, uh, to serve, because the word dress means to serve. It's mm-hmm. translated as such 200 times in Scripture. Yeah, to take care of it. Right. To, to take be the care gardener. Mm-hmm. Yes, to keep it or to preserve the quality of it. This is the very thing that the enemy is, is doing to take, to pervert, and to manipulate and control rather than to serve and to propagate um, and preserve. So, well, it's you know, obvious. It's, it's, it's obvious, uh, Amanda, that you've done your homework here. Uh, I'm not aware of anybody uh, in particular who has really uh, looked at this situation the way you have and yet incorporated it into uh, our eating habits and so on with regard to the Bible. Uh, you're not just looking at it as uh, some sort of an end-time scenario. You're looking at the broader picture from God's eternal perspective. And that's what really captured 
me when I first saw your book. And friends, here's the book, Food in the Bible. What does God have to say about food? It's yours for $20. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Write a check at $5 for postage and handling. And we're going to get this fantastic book in your hands. And uh, you're going to be surprised as you read uh, how Amanda has really captured uh, God's mind and heart as expressed in his own word to translate it for each one of us so that we can grab a hold of it and be doers of the word and not hearers only and how we can actually walk in health even as our souls prosper. We'll be right back with you and Amanda in just a moment. Stay tuned and listen to you. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, A Letter to Pastors, The Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. We've been talking with uh, our special guest, Amanda Powell, and her book, Food in the Bible, uh, looking at some different aspects of what the dynamics are that are taking place in our world, affecting food, the availability of food, why these things are taking place, and what perhaps you and I can do about it. How should we respond? Now, before we get back with Amanda, I want to share with you another positive thing something God has created. This came from the Jerusalem Post. This is the amazing thing that spinach does to your brain. That's the headline. Leafy greens are one of the healthiest nutrients to add to your daily menu, partly because of the high presence of vitamin K, which is known to help prevent heart disease and helps with blood clotting. Now, an international team whose research was published in the scientific journal Nature found a new and surprising advantage in eating foods with vitamin K, preventing cell death and stopping degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's. There it is again. Green leafy vegetables such as kale and spinach. Now, when you were growing up, if you were uh, a little older, you were running into uh, Popeye and his girlfriend and, uh, you know, we talked, they were all talking about eating their spinach. I'm Popeye the sailor man. I live in a garbage can, so to speak. Well, you know what? Uh, you got to eat your spinach. People refuse to eat their spinach and they refuse to eat their blo- broccoli. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Why is it they refuse to eat the things that are most 
advantageous to us for our health. But we do anyway. Apparently, we're trying to lord it over what God has done to bless us. But researchers from uh, four different universities combined together and discovered that vitamin K acts as an antioxidant that inhibits cell death. Everybody wants to run away from death, but they don't want to eat the things that God designed to bless us and to keep us alive. What do you think of that, Amanda? Because um, we have created these ultra-taste sensation, uh, um, concentrated and refined foods that have tricked our brains. And so um, it's eating has become more of a form of lust than fuel and god intended it for pleasure as well so i'm Mm -hmm. not saying you know don't test you know but um we have to recognize the influence of those man-made chemicals in our food and those neurotoxins that are put in a lot of processed food that actually trick our brains and then we end up losing a taste for the real things you know, but one of the interesting things that came uh, to us just the other day, it was last week, uh, when I had gone to Costco, I had picked up a big bag of broccoli florets, and they looked like the nicest, biggest florets I had ever seen. Well, one evening, I came to the supper table, and my wife had uh, steamed a whole panful of these broccoli florets. And as we began to eat them, it was astounding. Both of us, we acknowledged how unbelievably tasty they were. And she had not done anything to salt them or anything else. They were just so amazingly tasty and deep green. How is it anybody could resist that wonderful food, I wondered? Well, you have to try it to learn to like it. And that's that's the thing. You've got to, you know, take the reins of your mind and and just do it, you know, because <laughs> once you taste it, uh, your body will begin. And if you, they say it takes 11 tastes for your body to recognize, yeah, this has good stuff in it. I like it, you know. Well, the so, Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good as well, huh? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, And the gifts that he gives us are good. And, of course, he gave us instructions in Genesis. You know, Every herb yielding seed shall be food for you. Mm. So if it's not food for you, then what are you expecting? Because we can't reject biblical principles and expect to reap vital health because the script, the law of reaping and sowing. Yeah. You know, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, that he shall also reap. So to sow physically the good stuff that God instructs, as well as mentally and spiritually his word into our mind. And, you know, you had mentioned, you know, why do people not choose the the, the real food, the healthy food that God gave us? Instead, they opt for processed foods and these other foods that fill their um, their stomachs so that they're not full for real food. Well, partly it's because of the chemicals that are put in the food, hmm. um, but it's also all of the marketing and the ads and things that come through, and then they put an idea in our head, and we go, oh, I want that. Um, maybe well, I can give you some Well, how about Pop-Tarts? 
Pop tarts. So those must be a, a strong biblical food, right? <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to give you some more information, and maybe it will the list for listeners here today to say, you know what? I'm going to opt for the broccoli. Okay, we were talking about the right. consolidation of the food supply. All right, and um, people may not realize this, but most of the processed food brands. There's different names, different labels, but they're all consolidated under the ownership of just 11 companies. Really? Yeah. That's, hmm. So already, as much as the, you go in the grocery store and it looks like endless options, endless labels and companies, mm-hmm. but it's really mostly the inside of the store is mostly owned by just 11 companies. If you look at the sodas, which... You should ditch soda. (laughs) But 93% of sodas are owned by just three companies. Three firms dominate 73% of breakfast cereals. And 80% of beef uh, processing and uh, 70% of pork processing are controlled by four multinational giants. So already... One of us is controlled by China. (laughs) Smithfield Foods was purchased by China. Yes. You know, we, we're, we're kind of sitting ducks or, or, uh, or sheep for the slaughter mm. if we continue to trust these processed foods. And uh, we need to go back to whole foods. We need to go back to local foods, um, not only to protect you, uh, but also to maintain your local economy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of as well with, like I said, the marketing and the advertising. Well, even uh, agencies that are supposed to be the bearers of truth and maintaining the science, you know, they are prom- pushing, uh, you know, let me give you an example. Uh, the Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy at Tufts University they just developed recently this food compass program, which is a nutrient profiling system used to access or assess the healthfulness of foods. Mm-hmm. And they created a scale with a rating of all different types of foods. And the goal was to develop, the, to develop this tool to help consumers make healthier choices and help officials make sound public nutrition policy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at their graph and their ratings, you're going to see that chocolate-covered almonds, frosted mini-wheats, potato chips have a higher healthfulness score than a boiled egg. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. I'm. It's, yeah, I know. So this is what's happening. This is... Corporate this is even embarrassing to the term false science. advertising. Corporate interests have <laughs> science. Wow. Okay? Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Mm-mm-mm. So we have to discern true science from fake science. And Timothy says, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoid profane and vain babblings, and oppositions of science falsely so-called. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you have to look at what is the interest 
behind that published science. You know, they're um, in the the uh, the Lancet. The the doctor Richard Horton was the current editor in chief of the Lancet, mm-hmm. and he said about this medical journal or the scientific journal. He said. The case against science is straightforward. Much of the scientific literature, perhaps half, may simply be untrue. Afflicted by studies with small sample sizes, tiny effects, invalid exploratory analysis, and flagrant conflicts of interest, together with an obsession for pursuing fashionable trends of dubious importance, science has taken a turn toward darkness. This is the chief editor of The Lancet. And the Lancet is a major medical prob- uh, publication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Now there's somebody who is speaking truth to power, and uh, I'll tell you, it sure goes against Dr. Fauci's words when he says, "Just look at me, I am science." <laughs> okay, uh, enough of Dr. Fauci. So let's talk about, uh, we're going to go into a break here shortly, but when I when we get back, uh, maybe we should look at uh, the genetic modification. We haven't really talked much about that, I don't think. And uh, do you really believe that we could uh, be subjected, even, the, even in the Western world, to famine? Uh, we know that... Uh, uh, with this battle of Russia against Ukraine, Ukraine is one of the number, perhaps the number one producer of wheat in the world. And uh, that has been cut off dramatically, which has affected uh, Africa to the point where it is bringing about monstrous famine in Africa. And we don't think about things like that. We don't think about how this event in this part of the world is going to or can affect the rest of the world. Uh, Perhaps we can talk a little bit about that. Friends, the book, though, Amanda Powell's book, Food in the Bible, uh, a wonderful, wonderful book, and I think you can see that she's the real deal. Uh, She has done the preparation. She understands and uh, basically can communicate to us uh, in a straightforward way. $20 will put the book in your hands it's on our website saveus.org have you ever considered what the early church was like many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as christians a recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of america's churches in frustration what is going on why has there not been even a one percent gain among followers of christ in the last 25 years could it be that god is seeking to restore first century christianity for the 21st century Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, friends, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're talking with Amanda Powell, a... uh, an expert with regard to food in the Bible and with regard to food in general. 
And uh, she's written this wonderful book, Food in the Bible, What Does God Have to Say About Food? $20 on our website, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA and so on. Now, uh, Amanda, uh, do you really think there's a possibility that uh, even in the Western world, uh, Europe and America, we could experience famine? I do. And let me tell you what uh, the president said last March in Brussels at a press conference. Mm -hmm. He said that the sanctions that he would impose on Russia were morally necessary, but were also going to cause food shortages around the globe, including the U.S. It's going to be real, he said. Those are okay? That's a direct quote. Yes, that's a direct quote. Mm-mm-mm. So... Um, that was on Fox News the other day, or I don't, I don't know exactly when it was, but I just took it right off the news. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, since then, there's been a lot of interesting accidents at food processing plants. Now, you use the word should put it in quotation marks accidents. Because there are a whole series of these major fires destroying some of the largest food production in the country. Yes. And this is in addition to what's going on in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, last spring there were two large plants hit by an airplane in the same week, followed by a dozen food warehouses and plant fires. In just a few weeks' time. Yeah. You know, you could say they're accidents, but it seems a little suspicious. More than uh, a little. The other thing, <laughs> <laughs> remember, anything that affects product availability puts upward pressure on food inflation. And so True. we have this other indicator. Which actually also, which actual also brings us more under the control of government. That's right. Because we cry to government then to provide our needs. Yeah. So I've been watching it. You know, I paid attention. My Sonic pasta at Aldi's was uh, um, $1.09 last year, and now it's double that. Um, So, yeah, it's it's happening right before our eyes, actually. There's a Mm -hmm. court case currently against... um, an Amish farmer, his name is Amos Miller, and he was providing food to his patrons mm-hmm. for a long time, and they were all satisfied with their his food. They had no complaints. It was a private buying club, and um, nobody had a problem. But the USDA just put itself in between 4,000 families and their ability to decide what food they put into their mouths, and they fined him $300,000. And he's in jail. So um, talk about government another, control and manipulation. This this is wickedness. This is it is it is oppression. Um, it's exploiting exploiting the poor. It's punishing the righteous, those that are doing good. His lawyer is calling for legal uh, reform to remove USDA from controlling food supply. They should only, he says, they should be in labeling. And marketing biz, not in food governance. Mm-hmm. So um, now there's other, there's other things that are happening simultaneously to these things. Okay, uh, bird flu, the avian bird flu, right. 
has led in the last since last February led to the calling of millions. The CDC website says more than 49 million egg laying and meat chickens have died or cold since early 2022. Mm-hmm. True. However, this is this is really this is where you should scratch your head because if you go to the USDA website and you look up, you know, the effect of bird flu on the human population, what is the risk? Is there a risk? It says on the website there is no epidemi- oh, sorry, <laughs> epidemiological evidence to date that avian influenza can be transmitted to humans through contaminated egg or poultry consumption. So if that's the case, why are they calling? It's, they're, it's interesting. It's, it's something to consider. Now, I know birds have died from it. I know mm-hmm. it can spread. So that is a risk. But it just makes you go, hmm. And small farmers have been all over the Internet uh, saying, My, I just don't have any more egg production. I've had a, either a severe decrease or complete stop mm-hmm. in my egg production since last September. Until, now they're all coming on, there's testimonials everywhere, until they switch to homemade feed. So, so in other words, uh, agencies are putting something in the food that the uh, the chickens are eating that is dropping their productivity dramatically. Yes, you know, the largest uh, egg manufacturer in or egg producer in the U.S. has a joint venture with the company that owns one of the largest feed, uh, chicken feeds. <laughs> and even though there's, that's definitely a conflict of interest, even though there are um, lots of different brand names, like I was telling you earlier, uh, if you trace back the big box store you know, like Tractor Supply has a variety of feeds, mm-hmm. but they are all owned by one company. Mm-hmm. So, so that is very suspicious. And you know, on top of that, it's not just in America. I mean, these these things are happening all over the world. New Zealand, uh, their largest egg farm recently burnt burned down. Um, Canada, uh, the government made a a dairy farm in Ontario dump. 30,000 of milk that was drinkable because they had produced more than quota. They couldn't donate oh it. Goodness. They couldn't send it to a food oh bank. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, well, now, these we could go on and on with these uh, these facts, and they're, they're very, very troubling. So how do we uh, orient our minds and our hearts to, to deal with this as followers of Christ and not fall into a place of, of fear? Well, the, the remedy for fear, for being afraid, is having the right fear, the fear of the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. Proverbs 1. Right. And, and, you know, it's funny. I thought that was a great verse for 2020. It says, Moses said to people, don't let your fear, don't be afraid is what he said. Don't be afraid. Only let your fear of God keep you from sinning. So having the right fear is the antidote to the wrong fear. And making, letting that holy fear direct your action to take steps 
of preservation and preparedness for your family. Which which and, uh, looks like what? Well, in, uh, in a distinct, go, a succinct fashion. Well, here's what Joseph did. Whenever he he put away uh, one fifth, twenty percent. Yeah, twenty percent. Whenever you go to, let's say you go to the store, you go to Costco, buy an extra case every time you go of something, something that's non-perishable. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the most helpful and the most long-lasting would be uh, the the grains and the legumes, and together they make a complete protein. And if you pack them in the appropriate uh, containers with oxygen absorbers, they can last up to twenty years. Mm. So it doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can be simple. And if you just steadily do a little twenty percent extra every week to something non-perishable, uh, then you will start to accumulate a little pantry for yourself that you can rely on in in times of need. Do you announce and this to the public? Do you announce this, what you're doing to uh, your friends and neighbors and everybody around you? Um, I wouldn't be showy about it, but <laughs> I would be willing if somebody was truly in need mm-hmm. to share and trust that God would supply. I mean, we have testimony after testimony in the Scripture of miracles that God did a provision. Right. Think of the widow. That right. shared her last meal with the prophet, and as a result, because she had done her part, the Lord did a miracle, and that yeah. meal, barrel of meal and the oil, it didn't run out. And I think that's what we should be expecting God to do. In other words, he multiplied the seed sown, yeah, and Absolutely. increased the fruits of her righteousness as well. Absolutely. And Psalm thirty-seven twenty-five it says, I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. So so what I hear you saying, Amanda, is that we should take steps, positive steps, uh, to express wisdom and not foolishness. But we don't put our faith in that. We keep our faith in God, but we use wisdom to prepare for eventualities, uh, not thinking that that ultimately is our salvation, but we're to make, preparations uh, for difficult times, and uh, then trust the Lord from there. Absolutely. Psalm 37, 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. We, that's one of the promises of God's Word, that um, He will provide all of our needs. He will. And there are, you know, wicked and people who are, you know, partnering with the enemy to against humanity, but our God is above it all. Yeah. Well, so, it's interesting it's, that not only is the government trying to control the, uh, the grains and, uh, you know, the food that comes out of the ground, but also animals, uh, and now all of them are supposed to be uh, chipped and controlled. Uh, it, it's fascinating to see how, it's just massive, massive government control of all food supplies. And uh, are they subject? Are they concerned about having a victory garden? <laughs> well, you know, uh, unfortunately, with all the consolidation of the big companies owning most of the seed market, mm-hmm. um, 
Gates, again, was, uh, is the largest funder of the consultative group of international agricultural research, along with the World Bank, the U.S. and the U.K. government. And they've initiated a process to merge 15 seed banks around the world into one legal entity. And just recently, in Pennsylvania, they shut down a local seed bank. Mm-hmm. They, they said they were operating, you know, against regulations. So we're seeing the amassing of control with the big corporations, but then the oppression of the local agrarian people who are just sharing their seeds. Mm -hmm. So um, this is why it's time to act now, not in fear, Mm -hmm. but in faith, thanking him for the wisdom to foresee and then trusting him to keep your eyes and ears open and also to provide with what you've done. You're a wise woman. Thank you so much, Amanda. Uh, Great blessing. Friends, the book, Food in the Bible, and it covers so, so much from a biblical view, from God's viewpoint concerning food, concerning how we are to look at what the Bible says about food, both Old and New Testaments, by the way. Amanda has done a masterful job here. The book is $20. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And uh, you might even want to get a copy of it uh, for some of your friends, your relatives, and so on, because... Uh, as you can see, uh, this is not a pretty picture that's developing. It's as if, it's almost as if all the forces of wickedness are amassing together to try to replace God, even with our food. It's shocking. It's amazing, but it's happening. Now, I urge you to become a partner with us. It's day after day. We're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Even today, that's what we're doing. We're discipling for destiny right here today. This is what discipleship looks like. It's applying the word of God to the issues of our time in our lives so that we can do and be the people that God would have us to be to bring glory to his name. So become a partner, send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Go to the website, saveus.org. Do it that way. Write to us, call us. God bless and be a blessing. And let's eat for the glory of God. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 